go, everybody. It's 2024. Welcome 2024. to a brand new episode of Techish. It's Abadesi from Hustle Crew and my other half. Michael from Pocket. Let's go. That's my radio voice, by the way. <laughs> Very professional. <laughs> so you know what? So like last episode, we talked about layoffs. We talked about DEI. One more topic on DEI I want to speak to you about. Yes. So I've seen a trend and you've noticed this as well. Our founders who were working in the kind of DEI space or their product was kind yes. of DEI Related in a sense where it's focused on empowering certain communities. Historically marginalized yeah, groups. Historically marginalized groups. Yeah, or it's a woman-centric product or it's a black person-centric product. Yeah. They're doing a quick pivot. Oh, quick Lord. pivot. All of a sudden you've gone on a website and there's not a thing. But listen, can you blame founders from pivoting yes. in an environment? No, you can't. Because yes. listen, there's legal ramifications now. There's lawsuits up the wazoo. Companies have been sued. Fearless Fund, the black uh, have, v- uh, yeah. VC fund that was targeting black women entrepreneurs, they've been sued. Mm. Um, and it's got everyone spooked. So, so, I mean, I'll let you say, what, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your <laughs> basically, yeah, <laughs> people in tech. <laughs> what's your thoughts on this? It's, there's two levels to it. And I'm just going to start like, honestly, speaking from the heart. Speak. Because when I first started Hustle Crew in like summer 2016, it, it came from a really difficult place. I quit this toxic startup. I was the only black employee there. I was feeling super disillusioned with the industry because, you know, I couldn't get another job because they didn't want to give me references because they said I called them racist and sexist and all these kinds of things. And like, I felt like I was just speaking my truth and that had made me a villain somehow. And I felt so lonely. And I started this community and literally the first meetup was just a bunch of women. And then it grew into like guys, like black guys, like LGBT plus. There were so many people who were like, Abadesi, I know exactly what you mean. It's been so lonely. I felt so isolated and I'm so glad we have this space now. And fast forward six years, we still need these spaces and Mm -hmm. we still need the support. And I think we still need to keep inclusion on the agenda. And when I think of the companies that inspired me, when I was like applying to boot camps, applying to accelerators, I was looking at things like The Muse, you know, Y Combinator, like 2015 or 2016, two female founders who started this blog for like women in the workplace and wanted to build like the most you know, women-centric recruitment platform. Like it wasn't just going to be about posting jobs. Companies had to show their values, their culture, like show how they were supporting women. Now it's just a job site. Interesting. So they you know, pivoted. The muse has pivoted in your, from your perspective. Yeah. It's now just a generic job board. Land it. Another one. Black female founder. Again, how do we get women accelerating through the career ladder as quickly as possible. I want women to get board seats. I want women to be in the C-suite. I admired their mission so much. I actually thought I could build Hustle Crew in the UK. Maybe Landit will acquire me. I remember right. that was one of the things I was saying to like investors I was pitching to. And then now you go on Landit and it's just another careers platform for everybody else. And if you look at the data on gender pay gap, representation gap, um, gender gaps at board level, C-suite level, it's not only improving very, very slowly. In some cases, it's actually getting worse. Yeah, definitely. And like the COVID really set things back. So when I think of the fact that people are pivoting and you're saying, oh no, we can't blame them for pivoting because the game's the game. I'm like, well, no, like at the end of the day, there will always be people in the game to make money. But if you're in the game to make impact too, like hold out, hold on, yeah, fight for the long term. Yeah, but come on, if you're in a situation where let's say you're going to go out of business, maybe yeah. it's better it's just to not exist if you're going to argue, make that point. Mm. I think Muse is VC backed. I'm not sure if this landed platform they is are. VC. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do? You've been given money with an expectation of a return. Yeah. You're now in a situation where, you know, the market has maybe basically evaporated or it's now illegal to, to have the language mm. that you once used and yeah. the emphasis that you once had. 
they're just human beings. What are they going to do? Not feed their family? Shut down the company? Like, what, what, what else do you I mean, I don't feel like these people the are on villains, the bread line. The, the, they're incredibly privileged. I hear that. But to me, the real villains are the people that are creating the environment that's forcing these companies to change. It's not the fact that these founders are responding to the environment and you realizing that. You mean the investors? That. No, I mean, in terms of... Um, the Supreme Court. <laughs> okay, make it, I see what you know you're what saying. Mean? People doing lawsuits against Fearless Fund. The ideological climate. The ideological climate, climate basically, okay, is, yeah. is now forcing people to be like, whoa, like, what can we do? Because I remember in my company, we had a sit down where we were like, um, how do we combat, you know, clients telling us, well, we can't mm. work with you because we're not sure about the legality. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you were the one that came to me and said that you mm. heard that in a sales call. And I was like, oh shit. So I did an all hands meeting at my company. And we were yeah. like, you know, how do we kind of retort to this? Um, I actually saw a great tweet actually by uh, Nikita Beer. He, he was talking about something completely yeah. separate, but he was saying how you need to have a murder board where basically mm. you put on a whiteboard all of the things that people will say against your product. Wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what criticisms <laughs> can they have? Amazing. What things will they say? And Anticipate what, it. How, and what do you say back? Because he had a, uh, mm. an app that essentially was like anonymous polls, but was positivity for high school students. So like yeah. you sign up to the app, as a high school student, oh, was that the TBH? Most, it was so. This or is the he, one after. He, he did two. He did yeah. TBH and gas, and he sold both of them, yeah, and they both yeah. crashed and burned after he sold. He basically had the infinite money glitch. But essentially, um, he was basically saying that listen, when when we built these apps, we knew that I'd go on the news and they'd be like, "Is this not like sexting? Is this not like this? Is this yeah. not dangerous? Is this not whatever?" So you have to have a response. So we had to do that for our company, um, and thankfully we came up with a few things to kind of you know assuage people. But a lot of times companies are still like, "Yeah, not sure." Wow. For action, not sure. Um, even if, though I'm saying that we're not affirmative action in any sense of the imagination, but even anything that's tangentially related or looks like it's related is a wrap. Um, but yeah, to me, I, I, I don't blame the founders. It is what it is. It's part so of the reality. It's going to be people in tech, is it? No, because the, the, <laughs> the difference between me and the companies that we've mentioned is one, I'm not a VC backed. True. So I don't have the expectations of, of, you know, returning yeah. shareholders. I'm doing it based on what I care about. Yeah. But two, if it, if it became a situation where we were losing money hand yeah. over fist, I'm just going to have to shut the company down. Like it's not, a, I wouldn't pivot the company to something yeah. else. It is what it is. But, but, if, if, just, if, yeah. but, if, but if I have to run the company yeah. and, and starve myself and starve my family, I'm yeah. going to have to shut the company down. It means that there's no appetite for this. And yeah. I think we as people who are outsiders to those companies, yeah. Yeah. can't sit there and be like how dare you it's like well are we supporting those companies are we putting money in those companies pockets like if we're not then what what, what do you want from yeah, those but founders like, riddle me this right these companies come with a th- with a thesis that they're going to offer something that isn't being offered right linkedin already exists yeah indeed already exists generic job sports exist yeah so you come to an investor and you say, hey, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to attract an audience that these platforms can attract. Yeah. And I'm going to retain them because I'm going to give content that these platforms can't do. Yeah. And then they go, oh, that's so juicy. That's so exciting. That's such a, you know, as we say in the business world, a blue ocean strategy, right? Yeah. Then you execute it. And because you're given, what, three years to 100x or something crazy like that, five years, and then you don't, they go, give up on that and just go back to being generic. Yeah. I mean, it I mean, doesn't make sense. It like, doesn't. We're supposed to be in the game to drive innovation, but we only give innovation like a year or two to prove that it is innovative. And if the market doesn't respond, like at the end of the day, like I studied economics and I know that in any change in any trend, there's a time lag. Like it yeah. takes time for people to react and it takes time for you to be able to see. But there's a difference the between impact. a trend mm. and there's a difference between when a trend has been counteracted by forces that are trying to ban that trend mm. it's different saying okay the trend will come in and people yeah. will understand it's not about that it's no longer but that's about like a broken political system and i feel that's, like that's, that's the point i'm making so, yeah. but imagine you as a founder let's say you are the founder of muse and let's say you've worked on this for 10 years your entire mm. net worth is built into that company yeah let's say the company's worth 100 million i don't know yeah so you on paper are worth 50 million you shut are you shutting it down 
Are you saying, or oh, maybe we've got to try and survive somehow and maybe we'll still do some good work. Yeah. And when we're talking to customers, we'll be like, listen, we can't say, you know, this is mm. what this platform is for. It's for women only, but yeah. we, are, we are women centric. That's what most people will do. It's, it's what I said last that. episode about incentives. Most people are going to sit here and say, as a non-founder in that situation and say, oh, this is terrible. Shut them down. How dare you? But the reality is if you're in that shoe, if yeah. you're in that shoes and this is be your, your baby for 10 years yeah. and your entire net worth is wrapped up in this, yeah. you're going to do what you're going to do to survive. Why do so many men still hate women? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But like, why? It's like, we can't have nice things. So I want to ask you, so you sent me um, <sighs> an article that was kind of, I mean, I found it funny, but obviously you might find it a bit more depressing. So about these dudes who had like a, re, a like a, some sort of property business. Subletting, please. Subletting business. Yeah. They raised like a bunch of VC money. Kiwi. Yeah, in, in New Zealand. And now they're pivoting to like a girls club in New York. Lord, and yeah. it's like five dudes running <laughs> So oh, Kiwi started the subletting business in uh, New Zealand, yeah. shut down in that market, moved to Sydney, tried to make it happen there again, shut down in that market, landed in New York, going to try and make it work there, then hired their first woman employee. And for the first time in their lives, apparently, realized the female perspective, which yeah. is a lot of women move to New York with big dreams you know, to make the most out of the city, but they're not actually thriving in the city of their dreams. They end up just surviving. And apparently this first female employee that they've hired opened their eyes to the realities of the struggles that women face. And they now feel the need to pivot mm-hmm. uh, and focus on creating, you know, women's only spaces. They've also raised, you know, millions in doing this. And of course, everyone's annoyed because there are already a lot of amazing women doing this work. You know, if I think of companies I've invested in, like Charmadine Read the Stack World, Emma Bates and DM app, so many women backed, like yeah. women led, women's spaces exist. I don't think we need men to dictate our needs to us or build right. those solutions for us. You know, this, this article I shared you and this argument and frustration, very similar to the frustrations I felt when I put out um, something on my social media stories the other day saying, can someone recommend an uh, like cycle tracking app, right? Like tracking my yeah, hormonal yeah. cycle, tracking my periods. And the amount of apps recommended that were like founded by men to me was wild. I mean, like one is, cis The big men. one. The big one is, isn't it? Yeah. The main one. What big one Flow. Called? Yeah. That's, I, I think I sent that Two to you. Two guys from Belarus. Because I was on LinkedIn and the guy was doing like a blog post about it. I was it. like, I was like, bro, no. if, that, if that was me, I'll be keeping it on the low. You I'm would like, never know that I'm the owner of that guy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm trying to put shame. my money into black owned businesses. I'm trying to put my money into women's businesses. I'm just trying to put my money into historically excluded groups so they can build some generational wealth. But yeah, yeah that girl's... Uh, girls only situation just anger it's just so boring by now it's so predictable you know the way that this world of startups moves where it's like people go through like go to such lengths to ignore what women say and then as soon as a man says it it's literally like the most interesting thing that's ever been said cut the check we're going to invest in you. Come on. <laughs> so uh, what I wanted to ask you though, is that you mentioned, you signed up to Chief, right? So Chief is basically oh, this women's network. To... It's like expensive, yeah. you know, seven grand, 10 grand a year, basically. <sighs> right. And it's meant to be like this private elite it's network like of women. executives, Exactly. Right. And then they sent you an email saying that the co-working space that they have in London is shutting, is down. shutting down. The wing also a few years back also shut, shut down. down. Damn you, patriarchy. I hate you. So what would you do, though, if this space that these guys made was amazing? What would you do if it filled... And you were like, this is... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you do, though? There's no I'm other... boycotting the <laughs> F out of 
out of that place. Are you joking right now? That's taking me, my money. That to me, it's like, it's, it's like me watching Get Out and being like, I know this is a white studio that made this movie. Great movie. Black Panther, great movie. Disney yeah. is not a black corporation. If the product is serving my needs, no. I'm obviously just messing around. But like, that's <laughs> too painful. That's too, you know what? Like, honestly, the UK, we need to address our own misogyny. And I was watching uh, Kimberly Foster, the founder of For Harriet, yeah, Harvard educated, incredibly intelligent and engaging uh, writer and content creator. And she talked about benevolent misogyny. I saw you post that. I had no idea what that meant. I so obviously it. when we think about misogyny, it's this idea of like, you know, a hatred towards women, this right. like accepting of our inferiority yeah, yeah, in yeah. comparison to men and our subjugation. And it's just like, you know, women's places in the home or whatever, whatever. But she said that benevolent misogyny is actually more toxic because it's a kindness towards women. Women. Like, oh, I love women. I respect women. But a deep down inside, but you're not my equal. Right. So okay. I respect you and I admire you and you're amazing and blah, blah, blah. But you still need to be in that role, in that box, in that stereotype. And you're not necessarily someone who I would report to promote or respect and admire. And I think we have that here in the UK. And I think it's shown by the lack of support that Chief has had. Now, I'm sure they're going to face economic pressure in the US as well, especially with the Supreme Court ruling. It's a unicorn though, isn't it? It has a unicorn valuation. Yeah. So this is not like a, you know, a hard done company. This is no, a very successful billion dollar company. they have raised yeah. tens of millions and they've built a valuable proposition. It's not just real estate. It's not just a club. You get community it's support. You get access to members, um, you know, access to high profile women leaders and absolutely like, um, you know, relevant training, how to get board seats, how to transition through roles. It's incredibly valuable and compelling as an offer, but they haven't had the demand in the UK. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Yes, I can imagine that, though, because I think, well, one, the UK is a a much poorer country. But I think we UK have to acknowledge that. But the UK used to be the first international place for US startups yes. to go. And I just don't think it's going to be that yeah, anymore. The, the, what we don't want to admit in the UK is that standard of living here has dropped, fallen off a cliff and we are a much poorer country than the US. You'll regularly hear people in the US talking about six-figure salaries. To have a six-figure salary in the UK is actually a, a rarity. You are in like, <laughs> it's like the what, top. It's like what, you're the CEO of BP or yeah, something? Yeah, like, like you're at the top like 1%. In the yeah. US, to be in the top 1%, you're talking 700,000, 500,000. Mm. So... Chief as a product where it's like 7K, 5K, I can just see companies bulk at it and just be like, mm. no, we're not paying that, mm. right? So that that's one aspect. Two, um, there's now a backlash mm. to the quote-unquote woke movement. It's now an anti-woke kind of idea. So I can now see companies saying, well, actually, we'd rather not. Yeah. Two, three years ago, we felt the pressure with, the, with kind of Me Too. And now it's like, well, hell no. Yeah. You know, the economy is not great. The bottom line is, is the bottom line. That's it. Sigh. Um. Yeah, it's, it's a net loss for women. It's a net loss for working women. We need these things. We need to close the gender pay gap. We need to close the leadership gap. I'm not even going to make the business case for inclusion. Like, come on, it's 2024. Like, we all know the script. Mm -hmm. We can all do better. It is a real loss. It's a shame. You know what, though? When we were away, 
they have got Diddy hemmed up. P. Diddy, Love, aka Brother Love. Mm. It's looking like the consequences of his actions have followed him. So for a long They're time, up. he was with Cassie. Um, and then she's, you know, they broke up and she went and married. Yeah, he's her got trainer. a long way to go. Yeah. He, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what if you're if you're Gen Z, you ain't getting that reference. If you're a millennial, you got that reference. Anyways, so Cassie was with Diddy for like ten years. Um, never had children. Never, never were married. They separated. She yeah. then married her uh, her personal trainer. Had two kids. Mm. Um, in the last few months, she filed a lawsuit against Diddy. Yeah, I think in the, you know in the tens of millions, yeah. and it was successful. Diddy settled after two days. Mm. A lot of people said they've never seen a lawsuit settled so quickly. Yeah. I think I haven't looked into this, but I've heard lawyers say that part of the reason why her lawsuit was so um, clever was that she sued his company because she was an employee of his company as an artist. Wow. And that actually a lot of companies have a sort of insurance where essentially like if something, if you're being sued for these yeah. sort of accusations, it's just triggered. It's automatic payout. Yeah. Um, what do we still make of these super successful high profile dudes who a lot, listen, a lot, listen, Diddy is a role model for a lot of people. I want to yeah. say I look up to everything he's done and yeah. thing, but you got to realize this is a guy from Harlem yeah. who basically became a billionaire. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? F- f- you know, was not the quintessential corporate mogul that Two we grew up with. Two things can be true though. I know. What I'm saying is yeah. like, is that um, there's still a lot of people who in many aspects are, you know, heroic and other aspects are also, you know, Bad not people, treating women well. Bad people, treating let's women keep it really wrong. You, you can't even say treat ba- women badly. Just Abusing. you're a bad person. Yeah, predators. Because women are people. Like if you're treating half the population terribly, yeah. you're a bad person. Yeah, it's really interesting because I always think of that movie, Get Him to the Greek. Yes, with Russell Brand. Yeah, who's also got hemmed up as well. And you know, you watch these things, and it's like, are you acting? Or is that just you? I think he was cast because it's, it's you similar to him. Like you know, and it's like you rewatch these things, knowing what you know now about people's abuses, and you know, right. harassment of women, and you just and violence against women, like literal sexual violence against women. It's so harrowing. It's so deeply, deeply dark and disturbing. And then you start to realize, like how normalized violence against women is. You know, there's like very, very small ways in which it happens. You can just look at the comments of some of the videos that I post on Instagram and TikTok where people are like, who asked you? I or mean, like, check the comments you... on this clip if it's, if it's on no, TikTok, like, you'll see. No, but like like, you yeah. know, these micro versions of violence. And like, I'm literally just like a person on the internet. Like, I'm not even that relevant. And the and then you think about men with actual power and money and, and entourages and teams and they get what they want. And we've, created a world where there are usually very few consequences for getting what you want um so i don't know like i don't know if there will ever not be these kinds of stories you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i don't think there will ever be a version of the world where there's someone powerful who hasn't abused their power right it just seems to be the way that we go with the minds and the bodies that we've given and the society that we've created like to your point you talk a lot about people being incentivized by their own interests yeah and I think what happens with a lot of powerful people like that is that they become surrounded by sycophants, right? Yes, Acolytes, yes, men, yes, yes people. people. Yeah. And when they say like, you know, do this, do that. Because as I understand it, some of the abuse that Cassie faced happened in front of his entourage. Employees, in front basically. Of empl- so people, there were witnesses to yeah. this and no one came to her defense in those moments. She suffered in silence and she dealt with that. And I think that's so disturbing to me because it shows that there are people who you know, put their morality to one side and said, well, he pays my check. So mm-hmm. there's nothing that I'm going to do. And, um, you know, I, I, I pray that I would never be that person. The yes person or yes men phenomenon is interesting because sometimes even, even when it's the demise of the person in question, people will still just like clap you along. So like 
there was people will defend it. People will defend what I mean though. So for example, like there was a what was that guy's name? The CEO of Tony Shea, the mm. CEO of Zappos, who he since passed away, died by suicide. And I think he was surrounded by yes people as he was slowly kind of destroying himself with yeah. abuses and substances abuse and whatever, whatever. So sometimes people are more than happy to watch you destroy yourself, let alone destroy others, basically. Exactly. So like, yeah, money's a, money's a t- can be a terrible thing in that sense. Um, I also think people just don't listen to women. Yeah. It's like going back to that girls only story. It's like, I can't even imagine how many times I've said the same thing. And like someone will hear it on this episode and be like, wow, I never knew that. I've already said it, y'all. Like I've, I've said these things before. And we need to transition to a place where we we hear the voice of women and listen to it as closely as the voices of men. Mm. And that comes down to like just, you know, plain old sexism, gender roles. Like people still look at a woman sometimes and just like, objectify her so quickly that they're not even hearing the words coming out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. Whereas then they then see a man and they're just like, okay, I need to listen to you because you're probably going to say something worth listening to. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, if we can't even do that on such a small level, how can we then get to the place where we're actually protecting women and defending women? Yeah, I remember watching uh, an interview on The Breakfast Club mm. and um, there was- they So had Charlemagne. Got, Charlemagne and DJ Envy and they had, and I think Anjali was there at the time, but they had this journalist called Torrey on there. And he was talking about the accusations against Russell Simmons. Yeah. And um, they were talking about, listen, man, you know, we love Russ. Obviously, this is very serious allegations. There was a documentary that came out of like multiple people. And Torre was like, listen, I'm, I believe it. I know the person, one of the accusers. Mm. She's like my best friend, like straight yeah. up. She ain't lying to me. But it's like, it took that for them to be like, okay, well, maybe this is true. Yeah. Basically, the fact that he, he yeah. knew the person and was like, oh, that's, yeah. I vouch for this person, basically, as opposed to like, actually, hold on, there's a multitude of allegations. But even here. then, like, what would be really interesting is if, if a woman said that. Yeah. Because I will speak from my own personal experience. I heard from female founder that there was someone in the startup ecosystem who was toxic, a predator. And I call. I mean, this define out. toxic because toxic can mean you're rude. You mean okay, you so mean this is you mean there like, yeah, f- was the, physical with yeah. a female so founder I know the story, without I just consent. Want to clarify. Yeah, okay, yeah. so this is someone. This is a player in the ecosystem who was who, without consent, was physical with yeah. a female founder. And the wild thing about this experience is, me and a bunch of other people kind of came together, and specifically other women who had been contacted by this female founder came together to decide what should we do. And when we confronted this person, he reacted really badly. You know, he kind of like threw lawyers at us and whatever. After that, he also kind of went on a campaign to discredit me and the other women who'd been contacted by the female founder. And what's so interesting about that is that some of the people he contacted to discredit were other women that I knew, including other black women, Mm -hmm. women of color. And what I realized in that experience was men's words are so strong. Those women believed him. Right. Yeah. They believed him over the female founder that came forward. And some of those women till today leave me on red and don't talk to me. The sad thing so is even that you wi- don't, as women, yeah. even as women, we don't believe women. Even as women, we put men over women, men's voices, men's words. And that hurts the most. You know, listen, a, a big, you know, a lot of the supporters of people like R. Kelly, Chris Brown are women. Like they still ride for these people. I'm so I'm sure outside jail, yeah. there's a bunch of women like, well, Kelly's innocent, like let him out. Oh like, yeah, yeah, they're writing him letters. Yeah, writing him letters and stuff him. like that. So listen, people wow, are people. men don't stand like that for women though. Women, yeah. we're crazy, man. Uh, what's always interesting to me actually is, uh, you know, they talk about the difference between male prisons and female and women prisons and how like you go to like a male prison on a visitation day and it's just full of like spouses, wives mm. visiting and then the reverse, it's like it's empty. Really? <laughs> yeah like ouch. ouch that's that's it's like i've heard oh, like man, there was a rapper gotta... there was a rapper called papoose and he yeah. was he was with um 
a uh, uh, female rapper called Remy Ma. And I think when he was in, when she was in jail for a little while, mm. he went to visit her and he was like, there was no one there visiting the women, basically. Oh. Like he was the only husband that was there, basically. I mean, it's a separate point, but it's just an interesting one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry that you went through that, by the way, that situation. But hey, that's how misogyny plays out. Like it's not just men who hate women, you know, women are misogynistic too. Yeah, that situation is so, it's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. And I think you don't know what lies have been fed to people as well. That's the other thing. When someone gets yeah. someone first, they can spin a narrative. Abadesi said this. She's been after oh, me yeah. for years. She's been trying to steal hey. my company. She's been done. <laughs> I, I, as that Japanese uh, best-selling book goes, I have the courage to be disliked. Yeah, Y'all don't facts. need to like me. I don't care. Speak on the courage to be disliked. <laughs> Even in a business setting, because I think like outside of what we've just been talking about, I feel like some people are just, they just want to be nice and liked. Oh, and God. it's like, you're this standing like in the way of the money. This is a trap I've been trying to break myself from. I think, you know, a lot of research shows us that women are like socialized into being people pleasers. It kind of starts when you're like a daughter, you want to be the good daughter, then you want to be the good student, then you want to eventually end up being the good wife or whatever. But in business, it's really important for you to like put your needs and your business's needs first. I mean, starting purely just from like a health perspective, you're more susceptible to burnout and you're also more susceptible to accepting bad deals if you're putting your clients' needs before your own, your team's needs before your own, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're not listening to your body. But then like, yeah, strategically, I also think it's really important for you to be willing and receptive to the fact that there are people who are just going to not like you. And if you put energy into trying to make them likely like you, you're just going to waste time. The number of times I hear like, and you know, there are so many people who love to start drama and stir the pot. Like, yeah. oh, Abadesi, I heard so-and-so said this about you. Okay, well, if they have an issue, they can come to me directly. Because frankly, do you really want to give 1% of your headspace to like a hypothetical piece of drama? Yeah. And this is why I was saying like, you have to have the courage to be disliked. Like, I need to walk through the world knowing like, I honestly don't care if that person believes the stories that have been told about me or or believes that I've wronged them in some way because I know what's true in my heart and the people that really matter to me know who I am. And honestly, that's good enough for me. Shout out to you. Courage to be disliked. Great book. Um, we'll leave it at that then. That's been this week's episode of Techish. Yeah. Catch you next week. If you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, you want to promote your product, your service, hit us up, techishpod at gmail.com. And yeah. we'd love to read your reviews as well. So yeah. Also, if you have any careers questions, business questions, let us know. We'll answer them in the next show. Peace. <laughs>